The Voice of Value is supported by Heron Todd White. Hi, and welcome to The Voice of Value, an API podcast for property professionals, where we explore insights, issues, and opportunities across the property ecosystem. I'm Ben Dorrington, editor of the Australia and New Zealand Property Journal. And this week, we're speaking to Michael Pisano, the Head of Office Valuation and Advisory Services at CBRE. Welcome, Michael. It's great to have you with us. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Now, to start things off, can you tell us a bit about your experience with office valuations? Yes. Yeah, so um, I've been working with CBRE now for 10 years, um, actually just <laughs> celebrated my anniversary with the firm. So, um, yeah, we do uh, office valuations across Sydney, uh, metropolitan Sydney, the likes of Parramatta, Macquarie Park, Northride, Chatswood, St Leonard's. And we also focus on the Sydney CBD. Um, so, yeah, we've been doing that. We, we generally do valuations for financial reporting, and mortgage purposes and acquisition purposes. Prior to that, in other roles, I've been in research, I've been in um, asset management and property management and capital transactions. And those roles have been really great in um, the, my development as a valuer and, and my skills as a valuer. So there's been um, a very varied background in property. Okay. And so what are the key features of an office valuation and sort of what external factors influence them? Yeah, I think with valuations in general, there's some fundamentals that you need to tick off around, um, you know, title and location and so forth. But um, and that's just standard for all valuations, really. But when we get into office valuations, the key is really the cash flow and 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 the the mechanics of that cash flow and and certainly uh, reviewing of leases and reviewing of incentive deeds is very important. Uh, reviewing. Um, capital, capital expenditure requirements. That's a big part of office valuations. And, and um, you know, during the inspection, um, it's important to tick off items like the foyer or lifts or plant, and also then cross-reference that with, with the budgets that have been provided to ensure that enough capital has been spent on the building to maintain its place in the office market. Um, certainly uh, from, you know, lease leases and lease incentives, we're reviewing that doc document or those documents and in, in basically doing an audit of um, the actual documentation against a tenancy schedule to ensure it's been accurately reflected. Um, they're probably the main um, main things we focus in focus in on when we're doing evaluation. Um, then there's planning overlays and things like contamination um, and building condition and you know. Uh, ACPs are really relevant at the moment, and it's important to investigate those items um, to de-risk them from the valuation, or at least highlight them for any party or person relying on that valuation, so that they're aware of those building risks. In terms of the external factors that influence valuations, um, I guess the most timely one or appropriate one at the moment is COVID, and what what's that, what what impact that's having on office valuations, and that's mainly. Um, you know, small to medium-sized enterprises that may be having difficulty um, trading, um, retail tenants that, you know, are suffering from lower um, traffic flows past tenancy and, and just performance. So that's probably one of the main issues that we look at. And then, you know, um, for office buildings, the key driver of them is, you know, white-collar employment. Um, so we're looking at things like tenant demand and what businesses are growing and, and what businesses are maybe shrinking and 
over the last few years, what we've seen is you know uh, tech firms in particular continue to grow and really underpin the Sydney CBD office market in particular. Okay, so how do office valuations compare to valuations of other asset classes? Uh, I think if, if you look at it um, at, a, at an institutional level, we still do a discounted cash flow or a capitalization of net, net income approach, which what would it, that would be done for you know a retail asset or an industrial asset. We also look at direct comparison. I think it's really important from a valuation point of view is understanding who the likely purchaser of that asset is, and then you can make um, some assumptions about what's the most appropriate method of valuation to use. Um, but certainly in the in institutional space, there's a consistency of approaches across uh, most office valuations, um, and, and they're the three approaches we adopt. Um, we still look at things like title and easements to ensure there's no risk there. Um, again, as I said before, ACPs are probably a bigger issue with office buildings as opposed to, you know, residential um, dwellings and so forth. So we do focus on that side of things, and and we just um, probably focus on. Uh, the requirements of tenants moving forward. If you look over the last five years, there's been a real focus on sustainability and placemaking and so forth. So we're looking at things like end of trip facilities and 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 foyers and and just ensuring the um, uh, the the sustainability credentials of a building stack up for tenants to ensure that you know it can be leased and and and, and occupied. And and I guess going on from that, what are some of the issues and risks? That you should look at when you're looking when you're valuing an office property. Um, you could probably break that up into several categories. You can look at the physical risks of the location and title. You know, is it leasehold? Is it freehold? Um, does it have contamination issues? Um, is it you know near near um, um, a train station or a dry cleaner, which may cause contamination? Um, then you look at you know, as I said earlier, they ACPs and um, hazardous materials within the building itself, whether that be asbestos or and the like, um, and then you sort of look at the risks of the cash flow. Um, uh, what sort of tenants does the building attract? Are they blue chip tenants? Are they not? Are there rental guarantees in place? You know, are there fixed increases? You know, that's really important to a lot of owners who are you know cash flow driven. What sort of fixed increases are are inherent within the structure of those leases? Um, are, the, are those covenants strong? Um, and we try to highlight that, particularly if there's a larger tenant that dominates the cash flow. Um, we highlight that, you know, investigation should be made to ensure there's no risks around that covenant. And then there's a, the wider market risks, you know, what's happening in the leasing market, what's happening with incentives um, and tenant demand and, and, and how they're trending. And I guess the beauty of being at an organisation like CBRE is you're tapping into market leading uh, operators in the capital market space and leasing space and research. And, and you can sort of um, bounce those issues off them and get some real-time data as to what are the motivations of owners and, and purchasers in the market, and you can incorporate that in, in into your reports. Um, certainly, you know, historically, there's one of the sort of arguments with valuations is we're backward-looking, and I think most of us as valuers try to be forward-looking and see where the market's going, and when you can call on those resources, it's really important to form views in that regard. So that's probably where um, um, we see the, the, the risks in the market at the moment, holistically. And then, you know, you look at the type of buyers in, in, in the market and what's driving them, you know, are they total return funds? Are they, you know, initial yield driven? And that helps you form opinions about your valuation as well.
I'm also interested in sort of the difference between sort of an office development and an office, an existing office building. Yeah. What's the difference? How, how, what's the difference between those valuations? Um, basically, um, with an office development, we're generally doing a feasibility. So we're, we're trying to work back to an um, intrinsic land value based on what you can develop on that land. Um, so with office developments, because there's such a long incubation period between conception and actual development, um, you're looking at construction costs, you're looking at um, leasing markets and seeing where they're tracking, and you're looking at timing risk. You know, if, if a development's going to take three years to come to the market, you're trying to be forward-looking in terms of where you see um, interest, uh, interest rates going, um, costs going, but also where you see capital capitalisation rates going. Um, generally, we do a we do an, uh, an office development valuation on an as if complete um, basis. So we're looking at what the market's doing at the time of that valuation. But certainly um, in the in the office space, what we've seen over the last five to ten years is developments are generally um, completed on a fund through basis, where you have a party taking out that end development from the developer. The developer might take on the leasing risk and the construction risk. And then there's a predetermined price which the investor will buy that asset for on completion. So it's a different way of funding developments, which is different from, say, just getting um, debt from a, from a bank. So um, that's, that's probably one of the main reasons or main differences we see in office development valuations. And we certainly started to see that creep into other asset classes. But it, it's been the um, dominant way of funding office developments over the last, uh, yeah, as I said, five to 10 years, and particularly in the Sydney CBD. Oh, wow, interesting. Looking at your own personal experience, uh, what's the most interesting office valuation that you've had or maybe you've heard of in your time? Yeah, I think um, what I particularly like is uh, those valuations or properties that are transformative, um, that, you know, um, they're, they're interesting visually. You know, you look at something like Key Quarter Tower, which um, has a presence on the key, but there's also developments that transform an area like uh, Parramatta Square out at, out at Parramatta, which has completely changed that Sydney C, uh, that CBD. Um, and then, you, you know, even over at North Sydney, One Denison Street, which is a Winton development, and that's really um, set a new benchmark for that market. And we've seen, you know, it attract... Um, high caliber tenants, but it's also an interesting building to go through in terms of the amenity it provides. So I think that's probably the stuff I like most. And then you do get tenants that are just at the cutting edge of fit outs and they take their fit out to um, a new level in terms of what, what they provide for their staff in terms of um, on-site amenity. And that's really an interesting point at the moment with um, you know the work from home movement and so forth. Um, it needs to be attractive for tenants to come back to the office or staff to come back to the office. And I always enjoy going through a fit-out which tries to take that to the next level, next level. Yeah, right. Now, looking at the actual valuation process, I'm interested in how technology and innovation are sort of changing the way we value office properties. Yep. Um, it's all about data um, and, 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 you know, property generally is an inefficient market, you don't have access to all information. So data continues to be key to driving efficiency. Um, you know, we've moved away from hard copies, hard copy reports, which we sign, and you know, PDF reports now, but the future of, is, uh, of office valuations is intranet sites and, and making 
the reports more accessible to the clients, but also interactive with their property and asset management tools so the two can um, work in unison together. And I think that's probably where we're going. Um, you know, valuations aren't necessarily just a number um, or valuation reports aren't just a number and things like the SWOT analysis can um, assist asset managers and so forth. So I think it's just a case of how do you integrate your valuation into your everyday um, uh, operation for a building and, and, and take advantage of that valuation. Again, data is is, is key and, and market knowledge is key. And again, that's one of the great things about working with CBRE where we have great research departments and, 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 and people that um, um, you can tap into in that respect. Um, and just efficiency from a valuation point of view, you know, you know modelling assets and, and, and reporting their values in a more timely manner and you know um, valuation departments now don't just have valuers and and support staff there's um you know a de tech development component to it which is trying to advance all those things absolutely now looking forward how might office valuations change in the future um i think that's going to be market-led and i think as i said earlier it's it's, it's around uh prop tech and how you can make valuations more efficient and so forth. But, you know, if you look at the things that are really um, at the forefront at the moment in terms of placemaking and working from home, um, they're evolving issues and, and, and we're at the start of it. So um, they will continue to evolve. And I think once we come out of COVID and people um, have a high degree of freedom and, and are able to get back to the office, then businesses then can make choices about whether they want hybrid space or, or, or they want their staff working from home or in the office full time, um, that, that will change for individual firms. What, what um, as owners, we have, they have to interpret is how best can they provide uh, an environment for businesses to operate efficiently and, 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 and grow their businesses. Um, I think office buildings will be important to that and then that will translate to rent and incentives and yields are still very good demand for office assets, particularly in Sydney at the moment. And we've seen that with the number of transactions that have occurred. So I certainly one, I'm certainly one that doesn't think the office is dead. I just think it will evolve and, and technology will be a part of that. And I think, you know, those buildings that are able to future-proof themselves from a technology point of view will be um, at a distinct advantage because some of that technology, we don't even know what it is yet. But if you have a building that can incorporate it down the line, that's really important. And end of trip facilities are really a, a good example of that. Those buildings that have an ability to um, incorporate end of trip facilities into their buildings are at a distinct advantage over buildings that can't or have limited space to accommodate those, those types of facilities for tenants. Well, that's all for this week's episode. Thank you for your time, Michael. Uh, my pleasure. That was Michael Pisano, the Head of Office Valuation and Advisory Services at CBRE. Thanks for listening to The Voice of Value. Please join us again for future episodes. You can find all of our podcasts on our website, as well as Apple, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. The Voice of Value is supported by Heron Todd White.